Digital Outsider Brad, and I'm joined by my man, Metal John. What's up, Brad? I'm Metal John on Twitter at Metal, jo- at Metal John Radio. <laughs> yes, he is at Metal John Radio. This is episode 35. We have a big one coming your way. Today, of course, is June 4th, 2016. Earlier this week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows debuted. We both saw it. We will be talking about that. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, full spoilers. We saw it. It was a nice, um, a good romp. We will get into that. We, we also have a few bits of news we're going to touch on before we get on out of here. But obviously, big movie released this week. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows. Let's jump right into it. Metal, what are your thoughts just coming straight out? Uh, instant reaction, and I kind of felt this way while watching the movie, too. I honestly felt like I was watching one of the late 80s, early 90s cartoon episodes yeah. just with live actors. It kind of had that feel to it. It had that, like, goofy goofy sense of humor. Which I like. It had, like, the cheesy action. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, the characters were really, like, overacted a little bit. Oh, yes. And... And, and and it was awesome. Like I, yes. it seriously felt. I was laughing. Like I was watching a cartoon with mm-hmm. live actors. Yes, it was just a wonderful romp. If you're going into this movie expecting to see um, uh, Batman versus Superman, Civil um, uh, John of Justice, if you're go- going in to see Captain America: Civil War, that's not what you're seeing. This is a movie aimed for kids. It's rated PG-13. My guess is the reason that happened is they might maybe overclocked the action a bit and got to PG-13, so they also threw in a few more curse words, or maybe vice versa. But this is a kid's movie. It is geared towards them, and it is just a wonderful romp. And not to mention, these are all characters we we grew up loving. Yes. Like, they finally put them all in one movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they could easily just introduce Casey Jones and not really ever had him put on the hockey mask. They could have <laughs> yeah. They could have had people talking about Krang, but not showing them. Yes. But they just put them all in here, and it well, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, let's Even talk, Bebop and Rocksteady! Well, that, that's what I was about to get into. Let's talk about what was probably the best part about this movie was the debut of Bebop and Rocksteady, <laughs> because every scene that they were in... They pretty much stole that scene because they were that awesome, my yeah. man. And uh, Gary Anthony Williams, who played Rocksteady, mm-hmm. and he's one of those guys, too. I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, he looks so familiar. And, and I looked him up on IMDb. This guy has got probably one of the longest IMDb's you could ever find. He has been seriously in everything. He's almost every TV show out there. He's been at least in one episode. Awesome. And he's had small parts in movies. Character he's just actor. he's just one of those guys. And when you're watching the movie, I'm like, I know I've seen him before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said too, every time they were on the screen, it was it was awesome. Well, like they I, were just and, big dumbass goofballs. Yes, because but also um, he is joined by Rocksteady, played by the WWE's Sheamus, who my. God, that man's arm is like five of my arms. Yeah. He is a, just a humongous dude. He is also the whitest man ever and the man with the most red hair ever. But regardless, I just love how chill they were about getting turned into monsters. They're just kind of standing there, punk, punk, and they get turned into mutants. And they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Especially and that's the, the line. Is, this <laughs> movie, and this, this goes back to why I think it's more like a cartoon is because it didn't take itself seriously. It didn't no. say, oh, we have to set this up or nope. set that up. It's just like, no, boom, you guys are Bebop and Rocksteady. You guys are mutants uh, now, bomb, By the boom. way, here's Krang, and he's coming to Earth. <laughs> yes. We, and and there's get... just like all – it's just one thing after another. And 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 that's and it's got that same flow that a cartoon episode yes. would have where it just – random things just happen. And mm-hmm. 
we don't ask why they happened. We don't sit there and watch a cartoon in the 90s and say, wait a minute. So I, this guy came from another planet and we're just now meeting him? Mm-hmm. Like, w- w- what's his backstory? It's, we don't ever think about that. Especially Donatello being able to just figure out everything and you, technobabble, 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 and I solved it. And what about, I, I, think, I think when it comes to some of the jokes, I thought <laughs> some of the best jokes were when Krang is first seen by the turtles and they refer to him instantly as a piece of chewing gum. Because that's exactly <laughs> what I thought when I was a kid. I was like, this is a piece of gum. <laughs> it's talking. That's kind of creepy. Um, uh, a couple other characters we could talk about. Tyler Perry is Baxter. Yes, that was that was great. And I just, my favorite thing that he did was... When he would do his like, <laughs> oh yeah, his goofy laugh, like his evil laugh. Well, yeah. just kind. Of, I think it's like it was his nervous laugh, but I just loved his laugh. And he got so excited. It was like he was excited and trying mm-hmm. to hold in the laughter from excitement. <laughs> and then, full spoilers, he gets taken away to um, Shredder's facility in Japan. That's a long flight, by the way, from New York. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of lot of air miles in this. I mean, yes. because you know they flew over to like Brazil. Brazil. And then, and then these guys flew over to Brazil, and then they their planes crossed each other, and they jumped off yeah. the plane into the other. I was like, "Geez, uh, real quick about Shredder." Now, this isn't. This might be me just being a little like picky. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm alone here. Were you at all bothered by the fact that they referred to him as Shredder without him even wearing his Shredder stuff? Well, he that is who he was. I mean, uh, that's just his nickname. Well, yeah. He, I mean, so it's he's... like when they were transporting him mm-hmm. and, I and they're, they're like oh hey shredder hey shredder and i'm i like, read shredder. the comics and and right I'm now i'm like, completely on. spacing on. on his name i think it's naru saki is his name um in the comic yeah. books as i re- recall but still yeah it's like why are you calling him shredder that's his crime lord name he yeah. does have a i mean you don't name. hear you never hear alfred calling bruce wayne batman no he always says well maybe Master. batman should do this he always refers to batman as if batman's not in the room yes and, uh, He's he... Master Bruce. Exactly, but it's a small nitpick. But the, you I know, know what? But I just, I just found once it weird. again, but he just put on the Shredder movie. outfit, though. And also, if you were to call him Saki, as his name probably is, as I'm probably going to take a look it up just to make sure I'm in a minute here, you're going to confuse the kids watching because they can't com- compartmentalize that at all. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I will once say... again aimed for children. All right, so Stephen Emil, Casey Jones. Arrow. I, I I liked. I thought his voice it was, seemed a little high to me throughout the entire thing. I think he was um uh, projecting a bit more, but still it yeah, was fun. I, I can tell just by the way he took on this role that he really did want to separate his mannerisms as Casey Jones from Arrow because yeah. he could have been like that. You know that's stiff tall guy with the with the sort of the manly voice he mm-hmm. could have done that and he would have just been arrow with a hockey yes. mask but the fact that he kind of loosened up a little bit he was almost kind of like a street punk like younger guy mm-hmm. he kind of had that demeanor about him and and it worked and yes. it was great for Casey Jones cuz Casey Jones is like that he's, he's sort of yeah. like that surfer surfer dude goofball well he know? also um uh, you know they gave him a slightly different um, backstory. They made him a corrections officer, but yep. I'm I'm okay with that. They want to give him a bit of a position of authority as he want as he strives to actually be a crime fighter. And by the <laughs> way, it was Oroku Saki is the name of the Shredder. Oroku okay. Saki, not 
Naruki. I knew it was Saki. I knew that. Yeah. One thing I noticed, too, uh, and I didn't even realize this watching the movie, but uh, for anybody else who watches the TV show Shameless, like I do, mm-hmm. if you know Shameless, Mickey from Shameless, he's the voice of Michelangelo. And, Mikey. And this may not seem strange to anybody who doesn't watch Shameless, but for those of you who do watch Shameless, it's kind of strange because Mickey's a very tough, like, street thug, mm-hmm. hard-nosed guy. And and for him to kind of loosen up a little bit and voice Michelangelo and be kind of goofy, I, th- I think right. it's pretty pretty impressive. I, he's, uh, the name of the actor is um, Noel Fisher. Right. Anyways, um, one thing I, I want to say that I probably m- missed about the movie um, or wish there was more of was Will Arnett. Oh, God, I mean, yes. I, if you think about the first movie, I mean, how hard... He I, stole I, I, the movie. I was going to say, he is the best thing about... And this isn't a knock to anything else about the first movie. I love the first movie, but he is by far the best thing in the first oh. movie. And in this movie, I love how they amped up his character, where he was a yes. little like full of himself. He's kind of got that celebrity status going on. He's got that swagger. And then He's he is what you would be doing if you were thought to have saved the city of Chicago. Exactly. You would be doing that. I got a key. I got, I got the hot C, chicks. I got the key. To I the got the courtside here, seats. <laughs> yes. Oh, um, by the way, the people cheering at a Knicks game would never happen. That, yeah. would, that, that sold out Knicks get, game. That was the most unbelievable part of this entire <laughs> movie. I want a refund. That's not believable. <laughs> yes. And no one likes Carmelo Anthony in New York anymore, by the way. But <laughs> regardless, <laughs> um, I, I suppose I could take a nitpick that the fact that, you know, Casey and um, April had a relationship by the end of the movie when they really didn't do anything to deserve it other than be stuck in a... Well, the, they're humans. Yes. You know, she's a human. He's, he's a, a human. human. That means they're going to be together. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that was basically the whole rationale behind them uh, coming together is one's got a human male and the other's a human female. Yeah. Done. Uh, all I got to say, I mean, just kind of wrap up the Turtles talk. I mean, I, I, I think I still like the first one more, but I like- that's just because maybe more I was I was laughing a lot more in the first one. This one is is it's weird because it, it takes a different approach. Yes. It's it's like I said, it's more of a cartoon episode with live actors and it's got a different feel to it, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't take itself seriously. It realizes that, hey, this is a movie about turtles right. that are ninjas yes. in New York fighting crime. Yes. And there's this gumball, chewed yes. up piece of gum from another Brain. planet that's going to come and try to take over the world. And then we've got this guy, Shredder, with his Foot Clan. I mean, it just didn't take itself that seriously. And it was like, look, you know, it's supposed to be a cartoon. You know, it's not supposed to be a serious approach or a realistic movie. And, and, I, and I love it for that. And I think the more I think about it, the more I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. So I would say it's probably right on par with the first one. I feel like if you love the first one, you're going to love this. If you hated the first one, I still think you got to give this one a chance. Especially I, I, if you're a fan of the cartoon. If you're a fan of the cartoon, you gotta watch this. One. I enjoyed the movie. Um, there was um, I I still have my reservations about the character design for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I still think they're too big and too hulking to pull off the ninja look. Mm-hmm. Personally, they're they're just too big because they're huge. But also, I was kind of disappointed. We never really got to see that fight between the Turtles and um, Bebop and Rocksteady just kind of on the ground and with nothing else going on. You had the plane fight, but that wasn't really quite a fight. You didn't get to see them 
pretty yeah. much get their butt kicked is what I was ho- looking forward to seeing. Bebop and Rocksteady just... And those are the two luckiest pilots in the world. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, by the way, <laughs> nobody dies in this movie. If, uh, people are were always complaining about a bunch of things um, uh, from a Teenage Mutant Ninja... From a, I think that was their way movies. to try to keep it as PG-13 as possible. Because like, nobody oh, died. Absolutely Spoilers. no one dies. Those two pilots, they should be dead. But yet, they survived because of The bullets went all around them. <laughs> yes, and they were able to eject. Yeah. But it was um, just great fun, but that was my one, nitpick, my one nitpick that we never really got to see Bebop and Rocksteady in an actual fist fight with the Turtles. And for that matter, we never really got to see them fist fight Casey Jones. He just kind of ran away at the end yep. and then threw them in. But once again, Bebop and Rocksteady... Awesome. Just everything they do is a hoot. Oh, and I loved uh, when, when Casey Jones first put on his hockey mask. And she's like, who are you? What's your name? He's like, well, that's what would happen if you had that kind of hockey mask on nowadays. Because <laughs> that is not a very practical hockey mask. That's not very cartoonish either. And the right. cartoon, he would talk normal. He would talk like we're talking with a mask on. <laughs> but... but yeah. So overall, oh by the way, we gotta we gotta give big kudos to the Vanilla Ice at, on the jukebox. Yes, that, uh, was, that was, nice was really little, funny. That was a nice little touch. Well, of, the only thing that would have made it better is if it was Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. But that or Vanilla Ice was there, like sitting at the bar. Well, sitting at the bar, that would have been good too. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we've got some news to get to. We want to talk about some of the quick hits on, on yes. the news side. Uh, I'm going to start off with probably the biggest news of the week is Batman vs. Superman, the Ultimate Edition. It's coming out on DVD Blu-ray July 19th. It's going to have 30 extra minutes of footage, which we've wait, talked wait, about wait, on the show. 30? I thought there was some, an hour and a half. Uh, I don't know where that's at. but well, My, This yeah. one's only going to have an extra 30. I can tell you where that one's at, Metal. That's the one that's coming out in November. Boom. The okay. Super Ultimate the super Special ulti- Edition. The Super Duper Ultimate um, but there's a trailer that came out to promote this release, and part of that trailer has a lot more voiceovers. Mm-hmm. It seems to be focused more on the god versus human kind of thing, a lot, a lot of the voiceovers. And we see Jenna Malone's character. She's blonde, mm-hmm. she's got glasses on, and people are still wondering who she's playing. Her credit on IMDb says Barbara Gordon, but that's never been confirmed by right. anybody. Um, but... I, I don't know. The blonde with the glasses thing makes me think that I think she's just wearing a disguise in that particular scene right. because she was on set with red hair. Right. So the blonde thing is definitely a wig, but is it a disguise wig? Is it not? So there's a lot of a lot of things to wonder. Um, I'm kind of curious. I, I can't wait to see it when it when it comes out. I'm yeah. I'm a little disappointed they're not doing the theater thing because I think if they put it in theaters as an R-rated director's cut, I think it would probably do pretty well. Because it probably would. It just depends on the weekend you open it and what I, else is out. I also think that they're afraid that it might not do well because the first run got panned critically and they just don't want to risk it. But that's yep. my feeling. So I want to get into a quick hit because last week DC Comics did something called Rebirth. They thought they were going to have the whole comic book news cycle to themselves as they pretty much quasi-relaunched their entire universe and yet Marvel was able to pull a rabbit out of the hat as they made a reveal in Captain America 1 that his entire career, Steve Rogers, has been a Nazi as he mm. closes the issue with the words, Hail Hydra. Oh. Yeah. And that just set the internet 
aflame. If you were on Twitter on Wednesday of last week, you probably couldn't go five tweets without seeing news about that one. I saw a couple of other trends. One of my favorite trends last week, yeah. and I want to say it was either Wednesday or Thursday, uh, it said, give Captain America a, a boyfriend. That was that was Monday or Tuesday of last week. Okay, yeah. so uh, that was a fun one. People suggesting boyfriends for Captain America. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be Bucky. <laughs> Or are you are you team uh, Stark? No, I, I think it should be Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh gosh, but re- regardless, obviously turning one of your biggest heroes into what could be a villain, obviously you ca- have to give the writers some chance. This was the and this le- is just in the comic books. This is just, just so in know, the comic books. This is the movie. This is not the Marvel universe. Although Chris Evans did say, "What really? Come <laughs> on!" But re- regardless of any of that, we have to see where this is going. Obviously, this is the problem that is um, uh, taking place in the Captain America comics. We have to see how this story fleshes out. There have been, obviously, a large number of fan theories about how this happened. My um, theory is, let's see how this pans out, because who knows? I think it would, I think it could be a cool um, a story to follow. We'll keep our eyes on it, but right now, Captain America, Nazi, you got any other th- um, uh, news stories coming your way, um, Metal? Uh, yeah, uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson. She's in talks to play Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. You see, I was always on the... I think that's a good casting choice, but I was always um, on the idea of it being Ronda Rousey, who's kind of a nerd, and she is a dead ringer for Carol Danvers uh, from the comic book. So that was why I was for her. But I am willing to see how this pans out, because once again, Marvel Universe... Always well, she's only in talks. I I actually like the choice. I like I well, like so Brie Larson. I. I like Brie Larson. I think she's she would definitely be a better actress than uh, Ronda Rousey. I think her um, Ronda Rousey's facial features and um, uh, body type are a dead ringer for Carol Danvers from Captain Marvel. But in this case, there's not much. Um, so yeah, I'm perfectly fine with uh, Brie Larson becoming Captain Marvel. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, I think that's a good choice. I don't follow Captain Marvel, so I don't really know too much about Her. what kind of character she is. So, um, But she's Brie Larson is a fantastic actress, so yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Um, there was also news that came out yesterday on Friday, June the 3rd, that Anthony Hopkins is joining the Transformers movie. Really? Wow. Transformers 5. Now, what do you, Brad, real quick, what do you, how do you feel about the Transformers franchise? Fan, not a fan? I'm don't not care. a fan of it, but then again, I wasn't a fan of Shia LaBeouf, so I never really could get into it. Oh, really? See, I, I just enjoyed the movies as good action, popcorn movies, and that's kind of how I I just could them, never so. get it past Shia LaBeouf, sorry. Well, that's just me. You All know right. what? We're just going to call it um, a day here. Um, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. We are the Hillcrest Duo. You can find us, obviously, on iTunes. We have our website where you can always hear us. You have been listening to the Hillcrest Duo. I am Brad Risto, Outsider Brad on Twitter. My man. I am at Metal John Radio on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.